0: And welcome to the Tarot to Go radio podcast. I'm Anastasia Hazler, the executive director. With me here tonight. Rose Red. Hi, everyone.
1: And Andrew. Hello.
0: And our very special guest, the one, the only, Dan Peltier. Yay. Yay. Welcome, Dan. Hello. We are delighted that you made time for us tonight. We really appreciate it.
1: Well, thanks for having
0: me. Oh, it's always a pleasure. Um, you know, I only get to see you a couple of times a year, so the fact that I'm getting a little more time with you is always a nice thing.
1: There you
0: go. Yeah. So um, a lot of you may know Dan as the, uh, one of the wonderful individuals behind Tarot Garden. Yes. If you've been to any events where they've had a bookstore set up, you've met Dan. You know how charming he is, <laughs> and you know what a vast repertoire of tarot goodies he has at his disposal. He's always tempting me every time I see him. He's got <laughs> oh, no, no, look, look what I have. You need this. You need that.
1: You Can um, never walk
2: away empty-handed.
1: Uh, well, it's, it's. Well, you know, um, and um, you know, and I have stuff that I haven't brought.
0: Oh. Oh, now don't nah, tell you don't us say that. that. Don't no. It's it's no. Don't tell us that, Dan. Because <laughs> then then we'll just have to like fly out and see you and buy it all.
1: Oh well, okay. <laughs> I don't have anything else to
0: show you. Uh, well, but you do always have something interesting and surprising. I gotta say, it's really great every time. It's like. Kind of sidle up to the table and it's like okay what you got back there that i haven't seen yet and you always come up with something amazing it's like oh i need to
1: own that <laughs> <laughs> it's always fun to tempt people
0: mm-hmm. yes and, and it's perfectly legal and ethical and moral so you know i think so sure. you know you can feel good about it it's a right livelihood sort of thing you provide them with things that make their lives better and, and it makes your life better Absolutely. Well, there you go. So, um, what we'd love to talk to you about tonight, as much as we'd love to talk about Tarot Garden endlessly, um, is actually your own audio book, *The Process: The Way of the Tarot Reader*. Oh yeah. Yeah. You remember that? Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it, it it was. I was delighted and surprised. I had no idea you had this in the works. And then we saw you at um, San Francisco Bay Tarot Symposium, the whenever that was, October. <laughs> And you're like, check this out. I was like, whoa, Dan, I had no idea. Um, has this been in the works for a while? Did you just wake up one day and say, hey, I'm going to do an audiobook?
1: Um, it had actually been in the works for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, it was originally a manuscript that um, got rejected a lot.
0: Oh, well, it puts you in the company of many, many writers.
1: And um, um, you know, it's just written in the wrong voice um, for the written word. Really, and you know, you, and it was uh, Lisa Raffello who went, "Hey, this ought to be an audiobook." Mhm. So we sat down, and um, it was actually a year in the recording and editing process.
0: Yeah, I, I can believe that. There's, mm-hmm. you know, almost six hours of content that is not something you can just kind of throw together overnight.
1: So it was it was fun.
0: Mhm. So. Um, because I, I, I like the approach, because um, it has music, which is nice, um, but you also just conduct it as sort of a conversation. And so it's not just you, you know, being the talking head expert. It's very conversational and very interactive.
1: You know, I kind of, how do I even say this? I wanted to, I wrote it with the idea that the reader was an actual live participant.
2: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Um, it's just that when the reader is an actual live participant, you can't write their lines for them.
0: True. No, no. True. And,
1: but you have to be able to anticipate, well, well. gee, Dan, yeah, but what about... And so... the mm-hmm. answer. Mm-hmm. Make it more conversational, very ebb and flow, back and forth. It's kind of fun to do. Yeah.
0: yeah, well, I also like the fact that, like, you know, every time you're inviting somebody in and, you know, offering them a coffee, it was like, I was listening to it, I'm like, I have this urge for a cup of cocoa now. <laughs> Put it on pause, go make some cocoa, come back and listen some more.
1: <laughs> well, actually, tonight I have tea.
0: Oh, but, but tea is good also.
1: In a Sparky the Wonder mug, or a wo- Sparky the Wonder Bad mug. Ooh, Ooh. nice.
0: And, and a fabulous thing it is, and nicely capacious. I have one at um, my desk at one of my client sites, and everybody keeps saying, where do I get one of those? It's like, well, here, allow me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But one of the things that I enjoyed when I was listening to it is just, you know, you're very no-nonsense. Anybody who's met you knows that. Um, But for somebody who doesn't know you, who's listening to this, they get a very good idea of the kind of reader and the kind of person you are. And I think in some ways taking that risk of opening yourself up, not just as a tarot person, but personally, was a very interesting choice.
1: Um, you know, there, um, I, I gave a, a copy to a friend of mine who, in, in, the, in the process, there's a person that I refer to as Dutch. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's also the music mm-hmm. um, that's on the CD, um, and one of the guys in the band that recorded that back in the 80s was a guy by the name of Bobby, Bobby Cotta. Mm-hmm. Um, one and the same, late, great. Mm. So, um, and, you know, I've been friends of the family for forever. So I gave a copy to his an elder sister of his, uh, Susan Cotta. And, you know, we've known each other since the 70s. Wow. And um, she listened to it and she says, you know, it wasn't so much that I learned about Tarot. But I learned a whole lot more about you. Mm-hmm. I went, wow, thank you. Yeah,
0: well, it's really interesting because you know, it is almost six hours long, and I think of, you know, I see you maybe twice a year um, for about a day at a time, but we don't get to spend the whole day together because it's that's a reader studio or something. The aisle. Yeah, and, and so we don't actually get a lot of time to converse. There was the one tournament t- a couple years ago where we got to do a couple of exercises together. That's right. Which was great fun. Um, it was uh, Rachel Pollock's. Um...
1: That was April of 2006.
0: Wow. <laughs> you have a good memory. Um, it was Rachel Pollack's um, make-up your, your alternate fantasy reading persona. Oh, right. Yes. And I remember that, that. It was vastly entertaining. And I thought, wow, this guy's really creative and interesting. I need to spend more time with him. So actually getting to spend six hours with you via this audio book and then having it available to just pop in and listen to again. once, like, well, let me, re- let me listen to that part again about shuffling because that was kind of entertaining. Or, you know, let me re-listen to what you're talking about, the meanings, because, you know, everybody has their own meaning, as you point out. Um, but just kind of being able to, like, have you, you know, available for conversation whenever I'm in the mood.
1: And I fit in the glove box of your car. It's
0: pretty cool. Oh, yeah. It's it's it's. I, I actually just um, transfer the whole thing to my laptop computer. So it's it's. You're, you're really transistorized. Oh,
1: cool! Thanks. Yeah, it's. I'm you, digitized.
0: Yes, you go with me everywhere now. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, who knew you were so portable? I knew. <laughs> So, in 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 writing the script for this, and then in working on actually recording the audiobook, and then going back through and listening, um, anybody who's ever edited audio um, knows that it's a time-consuming process. But as you were working on the manuscript and then doing the recording, did you get halfway through some part and go, "Wait, no, I want to change this"?
1: Um, yeah, there were a couple times. It's like I, I, you know, you go through the manuscript, you go, "Nope." These two paragraphs have to go
0: mm-hmm. Gone. Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, there was a lot more subtraction than addition.
0: <laughs> that's unusual for most creative types. Usually the revision process, things get larger, longer, more heavily textual.
1: Well, if you have to explain it, it needs to be cut.
0: Mm-hmm. hmm No, that, that's, that's a very good rule. It's also interesting because a lot of advice I give to people who you know are trying to learn to write or trying to improve their writing is write it and then read it out loud. Yeah. Because you know it's it's that's
1: huge. And well, the other thing is we're supposed to be Tarot readers. Mm -hmm. There are a thousand books out there on history. There's a, a whole lot of books on technique. There's a bunch of books on, but there's nobody that really talks about reading and half of the reading is that relationship between you and the sitter
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because
1: without the sitter there's no reading
2: Mm -hmm, True.
1: and that relationship nobody ever, that's a conversation nobody ever wants to have and it's a conversation I thought was pretty necessary Mm -hmm. and um, the format just kind of worked for presenting the message and you know, and part of the message is you are not supposed to agree with it.
0: <laughs> Wait, there were plenty of points because yeah, I was taking notes as I went along, and it's like, hmm, interesting, but that doesn't that doesn't resonate for me. Yeah, it doesn't apply to me. You know, it's that like,
1: fine. yeah, you know, it's it's, it's
0: well, because um,
1: let me give you some strength in supporting that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it was also interesting because I knew it, it was almost like cause, because I was talking to you during this, <laughs> that, you know, you were there, but, but it, you know, it's, it's when you're thinking, If you, again, it's like writing. If you do it out loud, it gives you a clarity you don't have just kind of running stuff in your head. And, and it was like, yeah. huh, so why would he say that? And so I'd like pause it and kind of talk like we were conversing. Um, I'm sure all our listeners now are going to think I'm completely mad if they don't know that already.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but... See, but it's great because if anybody looks at you in your car talking to yourself – they just assume that you're on a, a, a headset well
0: yeah either that or they think you're you're, you're singing along with the radio or though it's,
1: it's fine
0: yeah well you know although we live in San Francisco everybody just assumes everybody else is crazy anyway that's true so that, that, that it, it just cuts a lot of the nonsense out um, <laughs> But, but it was really interesting just, just kind of, you know, having this conversation with you. Um, also, being able to pause somebody is a really <laughs> neat experience. Like, I want to be able to do this with some that of my... A
1: great idea.
0: You know, I want to be able to do this with, with some of my day job clients. It's like, you're annoying me. I'm just going to pause you now. <laughs> <laughs> you can't talk until I'm done. Um, but just kind of talking I'm going it through. If
1: you solve your problem, I'll be back. We'll be finished. Exactly, <laughs>
0: exactly. Um, but because I, I, when um, cause the, the the giveaway goodie with with the disc is um, pencils, and I was like, huh, pencils, um, you know, interesting. And then listening to, the, to it as obviously oh, because you do all your journaling and all your tarot writing in pencil. Yeah. And um, which you know that's great, but for me. The minute I pick up a pencil, I am back in accounting one my freshman year in college. And it's such the wrong state of mind. It's not for everybody. You know, and they're lovely pencils, and I will keep them for those times that I need a pencil for something. Um, But I was like, well, no, but I could see. Because, you know, I like, picked up, and then I started drawing with it. Because for me, pencils are really, you know, it's it's a doodling thing.
1: (laughs) For (laughs) me, if you're driving... Uh-huh. I want a pencil to take notes with. Oh, well, see. I don't... I don't like ink pen on the seats.
0: Yeah, well, it's it's I try not to write if I'm the one actually driving. <laughs> Come on, that's some of the best creative time. Well, <laughs> yeah, well that's what the voice recorder on the cell phone's for. Well,
1: that's they, that doesn't take no, it's not nearly big enough and, and no, I just take notes.
0: Oh, uh, see so, no, it's, it's 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 I don't know, maybe it's because I'm I'm navigating barrier freeway. Remember, if you
1: have to explain it, it needs to be cut. So it mm-hmm. has to be nice <laughs> little sentences. It's kinda like the rose bushes that have those suckers. You know, they look oh man, look at that. That's a new cane and it's growing up and it but it keeps growing up and it never throws any blossoms out. Mm-hmm. Right. You gotta cut
0: them. Yeah, that was the other thing I really liked is you used because um, it, it takes place over a year and it's also um, a complete uh, growth and blooming cycle for your roses. Yeah. Which I actually got some interesting tips for dealing with a rose in my backyard because I've been trying to figure out what to do with it because I'm not a rose expert and I've been getting you know contradictory advice. You know, you go to one nursery, they'll tell you one thing; you go to the other, they tell you the complete opposite. Like, I don't know. I'm Like, well, I'll try what Dan suggests. You
1: know, <laughs> It's, it's all right there. I, you know you just simplify it. Mm-hmm. Everything you need to know about roses is well, mm-hmm. sort of, is right there. Except, you know, I'm not a big firm believer in spraying with all kinds of toxic chemicals, but um, so no, I'm not going to talk about that. No. But soapy but water.
0: That's it's, it's like the best advice I ever got is soapy water. Um, that worked beautifully.
1: Cayenne pepper.
0: Well, it's, 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 I heard that and I thought about that, but I'm like, oh, then I'll blister and it would be bad. And so.
1: Well, soapy water can do the same thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: getting you, you know, getting your, uh, leaves wet on a sunny day, not good.
0: Very bad. No, it's, it's, it's why you sneak out and do it at night. Um, but no, but cayenne pepper would actually blister my finger. So it's like, I'll stick with the soap. Oh, it doesn't blister. Well. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's just one of those things. Um. But, um, but but you, all the analogies you drew with working in the garden and working with the roses and pruning back—it's uh, like wow, this is brilliant because it's subtle and yet at the same time it's very easy to understand. Thanks, thanks. Oh, well, you're welcome. Oh, just, um, I, I really had a good time listening to this, um, and I've been listening to it, you know, a number of times because it's like well it's like it's like reading a book. You know, you don't get everything the first time. You go back and you listen again.
1: And it's like, Well, oh. hopefully with a good book, Well, one reading is not
0: enough. Well, right. No, there are certain books that one reading is a complete waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there are a few books in my life that I have started and not finished, but they were all really awful, so I don't feel guilty about it. Um, but just going back and listening to this again, and it's also interesting because being able to go back and just listen to certain tracks again, It's like, no, wait, I want to go back and listen to that again because I don't think I really got that. Or, okay, that was a really dense section. I need to listen to it again because I know I didn't get it all.
1: Or maybe if you just disagreed, give it another chance from a different point of view. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so disgrace, okay. (laughs) (laughs) The world is big enough for both of us.
0: Well, you know, know, opinions are like noses. Everybody has one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um... You know, and, and just because, you know, one person has one opinion, another person has another opinion, you know, neither one is right, neither one is wrong. They could both be wrong for that matter, but they're opinions, they're not facts. That's right.
1: So. Um, one of the, the things that, it, that I wanted to, to create with this book is, you know, you, know, you talk about it at one point, you know, the old question of why do you read Tarot? Mm-hmm.
2: Um.
1: In planting roses, you can always tell somebody's first garden they have, you know, a grouping of three reds and then a yellow and a white. (laughs) And they're all crammed together. Mm -hmm. Um, When you first start planting roses, you never envision yourself out in, you know, 34-degree driving rain (laughs) and wind in the middle of December putting mulch around. This is all part of the things that you never envision. But, mm-hmm. you know, after you've done that three or four years, then you, it's, it becomes part of your vision.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And if readers can kind of think about, why do I read Tarot? Or, what does, it, what does next year look like?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: By asking yourself, you know, questions, why do I read Tarot, or why do they come to us, hopefully, or hopefully, you can start actually creating your future as opposed to just kind of reacting to it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was a guy by the name of Jim Rohn who said, it's really sad that people spend more time planning their vacations than they do their lives. Oh, yeah. So what you do is you put together a book about Tarot, which is about Tarot. Um, that's the bottom line, and I love reading to row. but it's also about growing roses.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's um, well, because because at first I was like, huh, okay, this is oh, okay, I get it. This is an analogy. But there's a few
1: <laughs> more bits that are threaded throughout there, that you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I liked your cats. I feel like I know your cats now too.
1: um I had to mm-hmm. close the door here because uh, spook is um, going <laughs> through. Um, Speaking
2: of the cats. He,
1: he can tell. Ah. <laughs> mm. ah, yes. No, pay
0: attention to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's about me. I am the cat, yes. Um, that's very much a cat attitude. But, um, yeah, so... Um, because one of the first things early on is you talk about, you know, why do you want to read Tarot and why do people come to us and your whole, you know, write three pages on why you want to read Tarot. And, you know, that's something that I had done rather a while ago (laughs) as part of something else. And um, I thought, okay, well, you know, I haven't done it for a while. Why do I want to read Tarot? And it was really interesting sitting down and just saying, okay, why do I? And... Seeing how much was still consistent from last time I did this a while ago.
1: See, that's the cool thing, is when our path changes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And sometimes we just keep doing the same thing.
2: Yeah.
1: So you can kind of, you know, if you ask yourself the questions to do the exercises, yeah, where are we going to? Where are we heading?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: Where am I heading and how am I creating that?
0: hmm And, you know, how am I not letting myself go in that direction because that was a real issue for me some years ago is I knew where I wanted to go. I knew what I wanted to do, but I just wasn't getting around to it. And it's like, well, why am I not doing this? And, you know, really having to sit down and, and, and look at that and, you know, dealing with the unpleasant answers, (laughs) (laughs) which is, well, you know, and, 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 you know, I dealt with it. I got through it and I made the necessary changes. and moved on with my life. Um, because usually, you know, delaying change is not a problem for me, as um, Rose Red is chuckling.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, then there's the sitter. What about delaying change for the sitter? mm mm-hmm. Or having them to change immediately, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some really, I, I think that every reader needs to go and shop other readers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everybody needs to have at least three bad readings <laughs> before you can ever think about reading for another live person.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, people can be a little irresponsible with their Tarot readings. And, oh, yeah. Um, um, I think we have to be aware of that. It's a whole other conversation, though, that, uh, but I think it's one we have to have.
0: Mm-hmm yeah it's um well I find it interesting because when I'm out and about people will want to read for me, and that's always nice when somebody offers to read for you it's mm-hmm. it's 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 a compliment in a way, but there are people that I do not want to read for me because I don't want to relate to them in that way because you do there's no way you can have somebody read for you and not share yourself right mm-hmm. and you know this is somebody that I've known for exactly you know two and a half
1: hours. <laughs> see. Uh... I do think that reading is a very intimate experience, mm-hmm. even if you're doing a sitting in a psychic fair, you know, grinding through, you know, however many 10, 12 readers or 10, 12 uh, sitters for however long,
2: mm-hmm.
1: reading for 10 hours at a time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We're not going to have, you know, people are going to sit down that we don't want to read for. Mm-hmm. Right. But you got to kind of do it, cause that's that's why you're there. Well, it's it's and and then it's usually in the last hour of the last day that guy <laughs> sits down, and you realize why you slogged through this whole two and a half days worth of horrible people just to get this one guy. Yeah.
0: No. Yeah, no, it's, it's not so much the people that I'm reading for. I've only ever had a couple of really unpleasant people that I've read for. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had people who've been, like, less than ideal clients, but, you know, whatever, um, but people who want to read for me that I don't want to have yeah. a reading from them, um, and that's always kind of a delicate situation. <laughs> it's like, well, I really appreciate it maybe in a little while, and then, you know, they get distracted by some other shiny object, and off they go, and... Chinese. Yeah, oh, look, you know, it's, I'll send them over to your table. <laughs> well, why
1: don't you go see what's
0: on the tarot garden table? And they have <laughs> lots of next stuff. You know, that generally distracts them and they forget hey, about it.
1: Come uh, over here.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, but in terms of reading for difficult clients, um, you had a great segment on reading for a skeptic, um, Monica, I think. Yes. Yes. Um, but I love it because we've all had that client who comes in and I don't believe in this stuff and sits there with arms crossed and doesn't want to engage and doesn't want to believe and yet on some level they deeply, deeply, deeply want you to prove so that they can believe. Right. right. And I thought the way you handled that reading was beautiful and very helpful for anyone who is new to reading and hasn't encountered that sort of thing to kind of give them some coping mechanisms.
1: Um, yeah, the, well, one of the most important things is <laughs> don't let them scare you. They're just a human. Mm-hmm. And um, if you just kind of get you out of the way and do the best you can.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but, yeah, then, you know, I, I was um, reading up in Arlington this, was it last weekend? It was last weekend. And this guy comes over and he sits down and um, pretty no nonsense kind of guy. And go ahead. You know, whatever it is you do. <laughs> and um, so I pulled out a, um, it was a Los Caribeo um, Ancient Italian, which is kind of their reprint of a Soprofino.
2: Right. Um,
1: nice deck. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's well broken in.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, he let down his guard pretty quick mm-hmm. and just was an absolutely wonderful sitter. Great. Mm-hmm. Um yeah.
0: Yeah. No, it it's um but I liked your idea of engaging their subtle senses before because that will make them more receptive to what the the actual reading experience. Um it it's it's, in, it's nice to know that I'm not the only one who keeps little scented things in my tarot bags.
1: Well, you know, a lot of people these days keep rocks mm-hmm. which are shiny Yes, they are. Um but I don't know if they help or hinder.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I don't carry shiny rocks. I, I just, you know, it's just me and a deck. hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You got to make the deck interesting. It's got to have lots of nice fuzzy lines, you know. Mm-hmm. The Balby, nice deck.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: No, that Tarot Garden place doesn't have any in stock, so.
0: <laughs> Aww. 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 Any uh, likelihood of some appearing at some point?
1: Highly doubtful. It's been out of print forever. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: yeah, but if anyone can do it, Dan, you can. Uh, <laughs> um, um,
1: I'll hunt.
0: Yeah, we, we have confidence in your abilities. <laughs> um, you do seem to have the most amazing ability to just sort of things appear, mm-hmm. um, but, but we digress. Um, but in, in, in terms of shining rocks, um, I have a lot of shining rocks, um, and I usually bring a few of them with me. Because what I've noticed is people who are nervous or agitated will invariably pick up the rose quartz. Yes. And they play mm-hmm. with they play with it for a minute or two, and then they sit down, and then they set it down, and they're so much more focused. Huh. Go figure. Um, <laughs> but I... I for, it for, works. You know, for, for some people, they, they, it's because it, it gives them something to do with their hands. Um, you're a smoker. You understand that.
1: Oh, um, yeah. And... I understand that. Uh-huh. You got something to do with your fingers
0: mm-hmm. and it, it helps them you know work out the physical agitation so that mentally and emotionally they can then be present at the reading so that's what i find helpful about having them um but you were talking about you keep cedar and sandalwood and lavender in yeah. your bag okay Woohoo! the memory works <laughs> <laughs> and you grow your own lavender which i think is incredibly cool
1: Oh well I did. Mm, um, uh-oh. both of those bushes had to come up this last um uh year, so
0: oh, no. I have to replant some more. Yeah, and then you can have your own lavender again. Um but I like the fact that you said it smells kind of ancient.
1: Well, yeah.
0: That that, that, that combination.
1: It's it's um um it just kinda of smells old. Mhm. But it doesn't it doesn't smell bad, mm-hmm. but it smells old.
0: Yeah, it's it's you know, it is, is the mist of ages. Um I generally have um, lavender and sometimes a little patchouli, depending on the deck. And yes, with patchouli, I know I'm showing my age. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> but, um, um, but it's funny how people will respond to the scent unconsciously, and then a couple minutes later, m- they catch up to it consciously and go, oh, wow, because I was reading at um, a Renaissance Fair earlier this year, Mm-hmm. and um, the the client picked a deck because, you know, how I don't know about you, but um, I'll have a few decks out and let the client choose which one they want to have a reading with um, because, you know, some people, it's like, oh, I want this deck, or I want that deck, or I have no idea, um, but, you know, it's like, I want a deck with a lot of strong female figures. Okay, that's easy, um, but, <laughs> you know, uh, so so they'll have a couple different decks, um, but he picked a deck, and he goes, well, I'm not sure why I like it, but I'll work with this one. He started flipping it, and, kiss, and he kept kind of sniffing. And finally, he was like, God, I haven't smelled this in years. Mm. What is it? It's patchouli. And he was like, oh my God, I wear patchouli so much. <laughs> and I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, you're, yeah. You're, 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 you know, he's of that age. Uh, <laughs> you know, you bathe yeah. in patchouli.
1: Well, on, on the other hand, there are some decks I have that I have never been able to use because they smell like industrial solvent.
2: Ew. Yeah.
1: And, and, you know, you you. Uh, I'm sorry if I if I bring it out. Uh, there's one deck in particular. Mm-hmm. If I bring it out and shuffle it, mm-hmm. it 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 smells so strong it makes me sneeze.
0: Oh God, it's mm. not very helpful.
1: Not very helpful. Can't use that. Mm-mm. If I can smell it from just sitting there.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, unfortunately, that's um, and it's a great deck. I'd love to read with the deck.
0: Mm-hmm. Can't baking soda tried it. Really. Wow, bomber! It's usually either baking soda or lavender will take out anything.
1: I've tried uh, baking soda. I've tried lavender. I've tried kitty litter.
0: <sighs> wow. wow, wow! It's just an uncooperative deck.
1: Um, yeah. Well, harumph. So you know.
0: Maybe like string a, a a um, a clothesline on a nice day and like pin all the cards up. Garlic. Yeah, that's the. Other well, box. you know, that'd be different. Maybe um, and with garlic. Yeah, and then...
1: Light it on fire. Uh, Okay, Okay. but at that point, you're kind
0: of reducing the usability factor if you light it on fire.
1: Think of the reading that you could get.
0: It'd be a a one-of-a-kind. It would be, you know... Well, you know, you could, like, singe the edges of the tower.
2: That would make it look a little older and a little more...
0: uh... Yeah, but, but, you know, for the tower, you could, like, singe it a little bit, and, you know, for, for, like... The six of you know the, the six of cups has you know a, a Rider Waite Smith kind of symbolism with you know the two children and the flowers. You could like you know rub a little moss on the edge to kind of moss stain it, and you know you can't really really creative with your deck there.
1: Well, my decks look like that anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I was fascinated to know that you have never reordered any of your decks. It's
1: no. Um well. It's it's. Let it's, um, it, me uh, we'll it, clarify it, that. Unless I'm actually sitting and studying it and comparing, like, the pips. Right. In that case, yes, I will reorder it. Mm-hmm. And I do it by pips as opposed to suits.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I do the four aces, the four twos, the four threes, mm-hmm. and then compare cro- across suits. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, but I was thinking, wow, because, you know, it's it's when when I teach and I want to be able to, like, grab the right card without having to go through you know, half the deck. Um, so, but but I have this, you know, kind of pattern I do that once it's, you know, the class is over or whatever and I need to mess it up again. I <laughs> have A particular way I, I, I do so it's all mixed up again, including getting some reversals in there. Um, but I thought that was really interesting. I'm like, wow, I, I don't think I own a deck that at some point has not been ordered once, you know, yeah. at least once yeah. Yeah. after being
1: used. Yeah, but, yeah, uh-huh. once it goes into the use pile... It gets used, and that becomes its nature.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was interesting. I'm like, wow. And So now it's like, okay, so how long can I go without ordering my decks? It's like, well, until I teach again, basically. Yeah. I, mean,
1: I have a few that, you know, ever since I started using them, they've never been put back in order. Mm-hmm. Wow,
0: that's cool. I don't think I know anybody who hasn't at some point sat down and ordered their deck again for some reason. So. Um, but then again, maybe Dan is able to just go, okay, I need a new deck.
1: Yes no, no, because really with all the new decks that come through, there's really only a small handful of decks that I actually use to read with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know and I, I've tried to read with other decks, but it just doesn't work there's you know about five six decks that that's it mm-hmm so
0: would would you care to share with us the two or three you tend to reach for
1: probably um, well, ancient Italian mm-hmm um Crowley Thoth.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh the Balby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. International icon.
0: <laughs>
1: and um That's it. now uh, the, mm-hmm. the Balbi that rotates out with um other T with TDMs and you know, Tarot de Marseilles and mm-hmm. usually the um A uh, Martogra mode Mm -hmm. might rotate in, but that's really about it.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, No, it's always just interesting to see, you know, because a lot of people, like you know, Joseph Martin has his own deck that he created, so he always uses that. Um, So it's interesting for somebody who hasn't published a deck. Well, what do they use? So.
1: Well, it also depends on what time of day it is. Mm -hmm. During the daytime, I use illustrated pips, and after the sun goes down, I use. Non-illustrated pips. Is that just sort of an or, Perhaps I should use the word non-scenic because yeah. they are illustrated, so it's yes, non-scenic pips.
0: So is that just sort of an intuitive thing, or did you reach that after careful philosophical contemplation?
1: Uh, no, it just kind of <laughs> happened.
0: <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Um, hmm, I've never given thought to... Yeah, no. It's, it's a lot of times, you know, my, my deck choices are, you know, highly dependent on my mood and the mood of the person who's in front of me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, although it's interesting when we're going off to do events and things, it's always, well, okay, the gajillion decks I have, which ones am I taking today? Yes. <laughs>
1: See, you know, I, w- I only take, you know, when I actually go to an event, I generally only have two decks, mm-hmm. sometimes three. Mm-hmm. And and the, the third deck is always the Crowley Mhm. That's always there. Mm-hmm. and The other two are... are one or two. They, they vary. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's it. And I that I never give, give the sitter a choice. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Not to be rude. Mm-hmm. To, you know, it's, it takes one, it's one more thing they have to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Which, you know, I can see for somebody who's not sure or new or something, um, I think part of it is, again, here in San Francisco we are spoiled. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the people we read for are very accustomed to having tarot readings and feel very comfortable making those kinds of choices. Yeah. Um, I will sometimes even have people sit down and go, I want such and such a deck. It's like, I don't have that one. Well, why not? <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, and, and, you know, it's, my whole approach is, this is what I'm reading with today.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And I never have anybody say, you know, because I've done to give them a choice. hmm I played that game, and I found that it's a lot easier to read if, for me,
2: mm-hmm.
1: if we just say, you know, this is what I'm using.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: that makes oh, sense. that, that works. No, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just because... It's a different approach. Yeah, well, it's, no, maybe it's just because I'm a deck junkie.
1: <laughs> well, you think so am I. But, but, you know, at that same time, there are also decks, like, I, I would never think of using a cashmere in a reading situation.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: You know? That's high art.
2: Yeah. You, take, right. uh,
1: you know, so yeah a uh and I sh- I'm sure I'm gonna butcher the name, a Ducier Dodal, um wonderful deck. Mm-hmm. Throw to Marseille. And I'd never read with it in public. Mhm. Um and that's more because it's a historical piece. Right. Mm-hmm. And even though it's from the 80s,
0: you know. Mm-hmm.
1: Well,
0: um, but, you know, limited editions, out of print, that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, I have decks that I love, but, you know, no one is ever going to touch them because it's it's rare or it's special in some way. And it's like, okay, it's, it's one of those, if it were in a library, it would be in the glass case and you have to have white kid gloves on kind of thing. And it's, you know, only exposed to low light.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I do have a couple of those decks that I will take out and read with. Really? Um, yeah.
0: Interesting. Just special occasion sort of thing.
1: Just Yeah, you know, if if somebody gets a 22 card reading, mm-hmm. I I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, a reading with only the majors.
2: i mm-hmm. oh. I'm
1: only using the 22 majors. You, that's generally a spendy set that I I have with me. Mhm. But, you know, um they're beautiful. So you mm-hmm. have to, every once in a while, you mm-hmm. know, pull them out.
0: Mm-hmm. I'll pull them out for myself. You know I know I'm not going to damage them.
1: So <laughs> the next time we're together, you know, you should have me do a reading. I'll pull out my Belmont.
0: Oh, my God, I'd love that. Wow. I would be honored and delighted. It will be fun. Wow. Wow. Okay, it's a date. Okay. Cool. Thanks. So one of the things that you also talk about is, um, you know, how to choose a deck and different decks and this and that and um, talking about um, if you don't click with the deck because there are people who you know, and I, I had to laugh when you were talking about people who oh my deck is ruined, I have to go out and buy another deck because I can't read with it anymore and mm-hmm. I, I've known people like that and it, it seemed to happen a lot with people I hung out with in college it's like oh my deck is off, it's not working anymore it's like huh? <laughs> It's paper. <laughs> it's paper, it's paper, it's doing its job. You're maybe kind of having issues here.
1: Yeah. Um, um, however, I, I just had this flash. You know, I mm-hmm. think maybe we're missing the boat. If we, we could charge people to send us their deck and we could charge it for them.
0: Ooh. Ooh. A, a, a deck recharge? You know, Dan, that's brilliant, and let's talk afterward about how we can make this reality. Okay. We, we, we can do this. This is great. Uh, anyway, so you were talking about, you know, if you don't click with a deck, maybe it's because you're left braining it. hmm And um, one of the decks, I know lots of people love working with the Curly Thoth deck. Yeah. You know, oh, it's compelling, it's this, it's that. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time with it. I studied it. I have read Lon Milo Duquette's book on it. I've had classes on it, um, the whole thing, and on and on and on. Um, intellectually, I get it. I simply do not bond with this deck
1: mm-hmm
0: <laughs> It's like I've tried, but you know it's just kind of like I don't know, I just don't
1: you know, I'm exactly the opposite, yeah, I've read the Crowley i've read i've 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 read a bunch of this stuff, mm-hmm um, stuff that's you know I've read a bunches of of Crowleys stuff mm-hmm, and I just can't get it intellectually mm-hmm. It leaves me. Cold. Can't agree with it, don't see eye to eye with it, but that's fine.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But I love the art, and oh. I just I, I, I just rock with the deck. Huh? Interesting. But I just I can't left brain with it. Uh-huh. It's a right it's a right deck. It's a right brain deck.
0: hmm. Yeah. Um. But it's funny because just you know the first time I looked, I'm like, ah, I don't like the colors. They're kind of muddy, and it's too modern, and then you know it's part of it's the personal artistic preference. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but I know people, oh, I love this deck and it's fabulous and I wouldn't read with anything else. In fact, Artemis, one of our podcast panelists, panelists, who was not with us tonight because he's once again having a case of real life. Mm. (laughs) Um, He loves this deck. Yeah. He, he, you know, he would probably eat the deck if he could, um, you know, maybe stir fry with a little garlic and olive oil. I don't know.
1: You know, it's a, it's a Um, lovely deck,
0: but it just, but for reading with it, it's just, it is also in my brain, um, you know, it's, it's a completely intellectual experience for me. I've never connected with it. It's like, oh, well, whatever. I have it.
1: <laughs> you know, um, if you were to read with a, uh, a Marseille deck for about a year, mm-hmm. and then you switch over to the, to the Crowley Thoth, mm-hmm. I bet you'd have a completely different experience. However, committing yourself to reading with a Marseille deck for a year might be difficult.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, My dance card's a little full.
1: Um, It's all about the pips. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just... All about the pips.
0: Mm-hmm. Here I am, actually, you know, left-braining this deck, and you were so right on about that. Yeah, you don't
1: click with it, yeah. Yeah, you
0: know, it's like, okay, whatever. Um, you know, but it's like, but I feel like I've tried, I've really tried to have a relationship with this deck. You know? <laughs> it's like, I just like you as a friend.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I understand, because, you know, there are decks out there that, you know, that if I mention them, I would get, you know, um, uh, probably burned in effigy. Oh, dear. Um, So I won't mention them, but um, I cannot click with Mm them. You know, at one point I was at a show and Jeanette had said to, you know, some passerby, you know, because they, well, do you read? And Jeanette says, well, Dan reads. And what deck does he use? And Jeanette said, any deck on the table you can pick.
2: (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs)
1: Mm. They picked a uh, Chinese. Um, bootleg Lord of the Rings deck that um, <laughs> had absolutely no suits and um, uh, no numbers, and it was just awesome. these weird pictures. And, um, okay. I actually read with it just fine, but it would scare the hell out of me. <laughs> 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 what,
2: what is this?
0: <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Uh, it's. Um, I'm sure also in, in you know, being involved with Tarot Garden, you get a lot of people coming going, oh, you have to see this deck. Oh, yeah. And handing you some, you know, third generation, poorly color-photocopied knockoff of something. And
1: oh, Isn't this yeah. this
0: best deck ever?
1: <laughs> um, actually the one deck that um, everybody, I mean, because I've had this conversation over and over, and it's like <laughs> they, they come up and go, have you ever seen a deck? And they started with the description, it's like, oh, okay, I've but you have to let them tell the whole story. Mm-hmm. And, and once they finally tell the entire story, it's like, well, it's called the Hoi Poloi.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so if you want to know what deck it is, you could go to the Tarot Garden website, put in Hoi Polloi, H-O-I-P-O-L-L-O-I, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And um, um, that's the deck that every, oh, yeah, came in this chest. With this parchment scroll, his <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. best deck ever. Uh huh. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. Okay. Now <laughs> I'm gonna. Point. Now I'm gonna have to go check that out. Cause it sounds, if nothing else, you know, it's like ooh, wooden chests and parchment. I'm you know, a complete, complete sucker for that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. You probably had one at one point.
0: Oh, it's possible. I've <laughs> and disposed of. you were
1: listening to Emerson, Lake, and Palmer's.
0: Um, oh, God. And... oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, Look, I didn't know you at that point in my life. How do you know
1: this? <laughs> now, I look at your record collection. There you go. Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, boy.
1: She ran off into the background to look at her vinyl, didn't she? Oh, no, yeah. I think
2: her mic has dropped out.
1: Oh. I know I have that. How did he know? <laughs> oh, uh, God. uh Whoops.
2: Yep, yep, she lost the microphone.
1: Actually, I was having an internet conversation at one point with somebody, and I happened to mention that, you know, oh, yes, yeah, but you do have the Steel ice band below the Salt album. Oh, my just, God. Like, absolute <laughs> dead silence on it, because we're in the live chat. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, she was, you know, on another continent, you know. Uh-huh. How did you know that? <laughs> oh, <laughs> <'cause>. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Because uh, you're my
2: kind of God. people That's how I know
1: Yeah
0: well it's also It's just It's one of those things You know again You know Of a certain you know, Of a certain era And um, Yeah um,
1: it, It's um not were We were talking about The process <laughs> Yeah we were <laughs> We were we, we got
0: really sidetracked um, We got really we do
1: that in, in, Doesn't that guy do that In the process uh, <laughs> Yeah
2: he
0: does Huh
1: he goes
0: wandering off, and then just brings it right back. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. Yup. But um, anyway, so yeah. So, but yes, we were talking about the process. So, um, but yeah, but it's, it's great, and I really enjoyed listening to it, and found it very helpful. And you know, be like I said, it's it's running my laptop now. So my next twelve-hour flight to the UK, I can listen to it again, in the entirety without interruptions, because I've been listening to it in bits and pieces. And so I was like, okay, wow! Well, I could just like listen to it all at once, and just like let it all sink in.
1: Well, if you're on uh, the British Airways flight, make sure you take a pencil and paper.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: well, it, it, it's it's well. Oh, by, by the way, I had to laugh when you're talking about um, spreads that happen to be the size of an airplane tray table. Right. <laughs> that that cracked me up. But you said British Airways tray tables weren't very good. No. What 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 what, what do you, what do you find limiting about them? Because I, I fly B.A. all the time, so.
1: <laughs> Actually, I think it was the memory of that entire experience. Uh-huh. It, was, it, was, oh. it was a, a bad experience.
0: Uh, that wasn't the one where you knew the tower was going to come up, was it?
1: No. Okay. No, that was that was later. Ah.
0: <laughs> Great. Well,
1: British well, Airways was um, 1993.
0: Uh-huh. Okay. So, it's been a while. It, it might be... Different now?
1: Yeah, maybe you know. Yeah, it was a seven thirty-seven.
0: Ah, okay. No,
1: was it? No, it wasn't. It was a seven forty-seven.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: No, yeah. Anyway.
0: Yeah, but um, but I just had to laugh because um, well, you know, no, no airline tray table is really ideal. ideal for doing a reading. <laughs> it's pretty squunched up. Um, but, Two carters. Huh? Two carters. Two carters. Yes. 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 Um, well, it's also... I always get a little concerned trying to play with my cards on a plane because one of them's going to go sliding and end up like six rows ahead under the feet of somebody who's asleep. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, you have to go wake them up and invariably they've been drinking. It's like, excuse me, I just need to get something out from under your feet. You know, like, huh? here's,
1: the, here's <laughs> your problem,
0: okay? I fly too you much. You have
1: really nice decks and the cards are slick. If you were to just concentrate on using one deck for say six months and make sure that you use one deck and only one deck for six months number one you'd really learn the deck oh, yeah. the stuff you had don't no idea that you'd, you would because you haven't spent six months with one deck you will learn stuff let me tell you and the other thing is your cards are going to get sticky mm-hmm. and you won't lose them on the airplane during turbulence
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh Possibly, possibly,
1: um,
0: but, uh, but yeah. But I just I got a kick out of that. Um, the,
1: I mean, especially if you're flying from like Kansas City to oh, Seattle, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that flight you're just at the right altitude going over Denver, where there's always just lovely turbulence. Oh
0: yes. Well, it it doesn't matter what altitude you're at over Denver, there's turbulence. <laughs> there you go. It's, uh, of having having spent more unplanned time in the Denver airport than any one person should probably spend in their entire life. Mmm, pick me, pick me. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. So he's sitting on the tarmac for three hours because there are lightning strikes.
1: Well, ooh, yeah. Yeah,
0: and, and you well, can't...
1: then there was the one in Dallas-Fort Worth. Oh. oh. They actually decided to show us the movie. Oh, <laughs> God, that's not a good sign. We watched the entire movie before we took off. Oh. That is not a good sign. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead
0: and start the entertainment system now. It's like, uh, we're 15 feet from the gate. This is not
1: going to go well. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Yeah.
0: But uh, anyway, so, well, anything else you want to talk about with, with, with your audio book here? Now that we've digressed terrifically.
1: <laughs> um. No, I think we've we've touched on just about everything. It's a lot of fun, because um, I had fun doing it and um, so I, I just hope that kind of shows through and um, um, Lisa Raffalo did a great great job of editing mm-hmm. the year that it took her to do the editing <laughs> yeah so it was a huge job. you
0: know it was audio audio engineering and editing is not something to be undertaken lightly yeah. <laughs> it really isn't and i am very impressed that she did it without spontaneously combusting at any one point point.
1: and i'm you know i'm pretty proud of the finished product
0: mm-hmm. and and well you should be it's very nicely done and i think it's incredibly useful and it's not it's not a one-time sort of thing where you go oh, i'll listen to it once i'll you know pass it on it's like no i'm keeping this
1: yeah um um and and that's you know I think that's the ultimate compliment anybody could ever give me. Thank you.
0: No, you're very welcome. Thank you very much, Dana, for, for taking the time and making the effort to put it together and you know, for being persistent enough to stick with it and see it through. Because, uh, you know, rejection slipped after rejection slipped, and after all you're like, oh, I'm just going to shelve this and never look at it again. But
1: Oh, no. I pegged them up on... Um, I hang out in my garage a lot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I do a lot of readings out in my garage, and I, out in the garage I don't use electricity unless I'm splitting wood. <laughs> um, then I use the, I, I'll turn on the lights for that, but um,
0: probably a good idea.
1: Yeah, um, and um, there's a section of wall there where I have all my rejection slips <laughs> stapled up there, oh. hmm. every one of them. Wow,
0: wow, hmm. that's impressive.
1: That's because you know that's every no is an important measurement forward. Mm-hmm.
0: True. Thank you so much, Dan, for your time tonight. I know there are a lot of things you could have do, done this evening, and we appreciate that you chose to spend some of it with us. I had a good time. I'm glad. It's a it's pleasure. It's good to see you. Oh, it's, it's been a pleasure to see you. Well, speak with you. I haven't really seen you. Um, speak for yourself. Well, <laughs> okay. It's, 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 it's an imaginative thing. It's a visualization. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for your time, and I hope you have a splendid rest of the evening. Um, to my co-hosts, Rose Red and Andrew, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. you. And to our engineer, Christoph, thank you. Thank you. To everybody listening and sharing your tarot experience with us, thank you very much. If there's anybody you'd like to hear on a future episode, or if you have any comments, questions about anything you heard in this one, please drop us a note, podcast at tarotpathways.com and we'll reply as soon as we possibly can, which, given how much I'm on the computer, is probably pretty quick. Indeed. So, again, thanks to everybody, and we'll talk to you soon. Good night. Good night. Thanks
1: for having me.